The world's gone crazy. And we're just trying to keep up. Bob and Zip. Okay, this is our first podcast since my medical leave, which began, I think it was somewhere near the end of April. It's Bob Rivers with uh, Zip Zip Fell, uh, Bob and Zip, and along with Spike O'Neill. I do believe that Ed Kelly told me he was taping a show tonight in Detroit and might be a little late. But I don't think he was going to be this late, so I think he could be narcoleptic Ed <laughs> again, which is fine. It could be. could yeah. very well be. Uh, so, all right, a lot has happened since April 29th. If you want to, or whenever the date was, we did our last one. If you want to know, just go to bobrivers.blog. You can read about it. Um, so many of you were so kind and nice to talk to me about my surgery and, and all of your similar stories of dealing with the big C and fighting the good fight. Uh, in fact... Um, on this show, uh, Spike has dealt with it. Uh, yeah. Ed has dealt with it. Uh, Zip, you have not yet. I have not, but boy, I'll tell you, six degrees of separation, virtually everybody else I know has had some yeah. kind of a brush with it. It's pretty pretty rampant. Perhaps we should not be putting so many chemicals into so many things. What do you guys think? Hey, those were great TV dinners, Bob. I'm not <laughs> sorry for a minute. You know? Microwaving that plastic felt good at the time. Mm, man, PCB. <laughs> It's funny. I um, I don't know if everybody goes through this, but I always used to think, well, is this good for me or bad for me? And then when I got the diagnosis, I thought, oh, okay, wow. bad. <laughs> well, no, actually, jury's in. I started thinking about what are the things that might have caused this. And after about a thousand things that could be bad for you, I was like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm not going to worry about it. And, um, and, and you know, uh, my brother had the exact same diagnosis when he was 48. Jesus. And yeah. so um, I've been talking with several people, including our brain scientist friend. You know, we could have both played in the same toxic waste dump or the wow. fact that we had parents wow. who were chain smokers back then. Whew. So uh, to everyone out there who's... Um, a friend of mine calls it the shitty club. If you've had cancer, you're in the shitty club because one of the biggest side effects of all the treatments is you don't shit properly. <laughs> Ever <laughs> again. Yeah. Ever and, again. Yeah, and you all know this, right? Uh, anyway, welcome to the shitty club. Uh, that's not the new name of the show. We're still calling it the Bob and Zip <laughs> Show. Can, can I pay you a huge compliment, though, Bob? I've been. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't have time. Oh, no, please. Actually, let me make the time. Okay. I've been co sort of co-piloting you through this a lot, and I just—it's really remarkable. Uh, you know, your focus and and good attitude, and I mean, it's really remarkable. I think your recovery—it's just. It's really outstanding. Thank you. I don't think I'd have the the constitution to pull that off. Really, I don't. Um, so, what do you well mean? Done. What do you mean by that? Con like you would just get angry with everybody and withdraw? Well, I don't know. I just I don't know. Because I considered that, by the way. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, <laughs> it you was could. one of the options on the table. Was it just say, F you and F this and F that and fuck them. Yeah. And, yeah. But but I think the big part of it is you, you leaned on uh, folks who've been through it and and you know you joined that uh, group, the support group. Yes. And, it really does. It it helps in so many ways, attitudinally, for sure. Yeah, and, you know? and you know, the serenity prayer kicks in, which is, um, if I have a religion, it could be summed up with that prayer, which those of us who've been in a 12-step program know about it. Uh, but I think everybody uh, can use it. It's, uh, you know, God or dog or, you know, however you want to spell it. Uh, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, 
and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, that last one is the part most cable news watchers get completely wrong. But let's forget about me for now, and we'll come back to it. And if no, 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 no. I, I, while Zip has expressed beautifully how he feels about this, what I've taken from watching you go, and I know you're in the middle of this, Bob. I don't mean to, you know, and I don't mean to say, you know, hey, it's going to be some tough days ahead, but I'm certain that there will be. Um, and I'm and couldn't be prouder of how, like Zip said, how you've chose to, to deal with this part of your life. Um, and for me, what it's most you've, you're an addict by nature. And how I've explained what's going on to folks, and I hope you don't mind that I've taken this liberty to, to convey my interpretation of your situation. Most people die from their addictions, and you're going to live because of yours. Oh, that's very. And kind. I honestly, yeah. I, I honestly believe that, man. Everything I've ever known about you, everything you've ever gotten involved in, you've done with the, you know, laser focus and OCD of an addict, mm. and that's how you're approaching. <laughs> I'm serious, and that's how you're you've yeah, approached yeah. Your, your situation. Yeah. Well, my oncologist would agree with you that I'm addicted to pestering him with questions and explanations about everything. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get you home, babe. Yeah. That's very, that's very kind. Uh, maybe a little too kind because I, I didn't view it as like I had too much of a choice. Um, right. It, you know, it, this stuff is, it, and also I'm not really particularly special. There's so many people that are going through this and join the ranks that I'm in now of waiting for scans to see if anything comes back and recovering from, and the treatment itself, by the way. And I've heard this over the years. But until you experience it, the treatment itself is designed to kill shit, and you're in the way. <laughs> well, put. well put. Yeah. yeah. So don't expect to feel good. And um, one of the things that, um, that shocked me is as bad as parts of it were, and, you know, the, I'm not going to talk about that, but as bad as, it, as they were, and if you know anyone, you know what I'm talking about, when you get through it and get any better or even good days they make it worth it so um yeah it's uh hats off to everyone else in the shitty club and now back to the bob and zip show <laughs> can i just can yeah. i just ask one more question sure can you speak real quickly to the importance for folks out there who may be facing similar crap um the importance of being you know your own best advocate medically yeah, so as it turns out, please learn from my mistakes. Um, I had symptoms for a good period of time, and I gently suggested to my um, primary care physician, hey, maybe I should get that endoscopy. And she said, yeah, I'll put in a request. Um, the request was put in, uh, you know, a good long time ago. Nothing ever happened possibly because I wasn't due for that screening for another year. I'm not saying the insurance companies are the death panels, but you can think it if you want. Um, and I don't really think that, by the way. I've, I've come to, I have a lot of cynicism, uh, as you know, for anybody who's making a buck off me. <laughs> and Never deny another man his scam, right? Yes. <laughs> and, and healthcare is a sixth of our economy. Uh, but anyway, I did not forcefully request that test, and um, and I looked later, and when they request the test, there's a box you check if it's urgent, and you can make anything urgent if you want. Wow! You just have to jump up and down and go, start singing a foreigner song. 
Let me speak to a supervisor. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. you yeah. got you to pull a Karen, huh? Go full yeah. Karen. On the other hand, sometimes, uh, look, and this is something else I, I learned. The people in healthcare are generally saints and angels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I met some of the most amazing people that just, uh, their whole life is love and service of others. Uh, and, of course, we, we appreciated them for five minutes during the pandemic when we all thought we were going to die and we were glad they were risking their lives. Right. But they do that 24-7, 365, whether there's a pandemic or not. So yeah. that was huge. Uh, but also, um, you know, we're all human beings. And if anybody who makes a mistake is bad... This planet would clear out very quickly, and uh, <laughs> nature would return to growing green things everywhere. In other words, you know, you can't get mad when someone makes a mistake. Something gets screwed up. And so, in my case, I was, you know, diagnosed a little bit late. Uh, I had to have this incredible surgery, which uh, theoretically shouldn't work, but does. And um, I was told you would feel like you were hit by a truck. And they didn't tell me how big of a truck, though. I was really surprised. <laughs> and yet, Bastards. Yeah, and yet, um, you know, five weeks out, I'm missing the podcast so much. I thought I would have to take a couple months, and here I am. So for those of you who are joining us back for this first podcast, thank you. But if you know anything about me, I, the last thing I want to do is, is do a medical thing. Uh, at first right, off, I, right, right, right. I don't know anything about it. I'm just like all the rest of you. I learn what I can. I Google stuff. Then I ask the experts and and mainly learn from friends who've also been through the experience. And amazing how many of them have come out of the woodwork. And it's so grateful. So um, let's talk about the Top Gun movie. No, actually, let's talk about something else. Um, <laughs> Amber, Amber Heard. Let's let's talk about it. Amber Heard. No, oh, no. God. I, by the way, how quickly that stuff becomes unimportant. It's like I better oh. check up on the Amber Heard trial. No, I want to talk about Spike O'Neill because on the very last podcast before the break, Spike went full exposed, vulnerable, and talked about how he couldn't be in sales anymore. And he had to find a way to do what he loves, which is entertain people. And um, many of you don't know this. Well, you, none of you know this part of the story. And all I got to do was forward an email, which still makes me feel important. The, the moment we completed that podcast, it was late April. And I finished the podcast and sent it off to our webmaster, David Lee. I got an email from someone who works at Cairo Radio in Seattle. And the email was just this. Hey, could you forward me Spike's contact information? And I went, whoa. Here I am thinking, you know, this is it. Could be curtains. I'm about to go into this hit by a truck surgery. Oh, this has been so great. I just love everybody for being on the podcast. I'm so grateful. Oh, we just had this heart breaking thing from Spike who needs to be on the radio and what have I been telling him? There is no radio. It's all going downhill. Don't worry <laughs> No future. I told you 10 years ago. Get off the train. The train is going toward a cliff. Get off the train. No, you didn't get off the train. You grabbed the shovel and tried to put coal up the engine's ass. I told you. Ten years. Joe listened. Joe got a career in teaching. But you? Oh no. Oh no. By the way, you see I know what I was subtly saying to him because he's performing it. Anyway, um, I thought, <laughs> oh, my God, could Cairo 
you know, possibly put Spike on the radio. And then I, and then it occurred to me, it really hadn't before then. He'd be perfect. He's witty. He's not divisive and not harsh. He's got strong views, strong opinions, but he's also respectful of most people who disagree with most him. Most people. Most people. <laughs> Unless their name is Tucker Carlson. But anyway, um, and since that has happened, if you don't know this, most of you probably do, Spike has become... Oh, you're on Cairo almost every day now. I don't know if that's going to continue or not. How's it going? I got let go today, Bob. I didn't want to, didn't want to use this. Now I'm kidding. Now I'm I feel kidding. like I'm I kidding. caused kidding. that, so that's terrible. <laughs> no, so, I mean, and uh, just a, a couple more minutes of backstory on this. Um, during the time I was in sales, and I, and I gave it a genuine effort to do this, and it was, you know, it was a lot of work for n- very little financial reward, and it was frustrating. And, and when I got into when I got into sales, Bob, you said something to me that made it palatable to even attempt to do this, because anybody who's done sales knows you you get rejected ninety percent of the time. Ooh, yeah, you do. I mean, and Bob's like, you know, actually, if you, you win ten percent of the time, you would be doing. You're going well. to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, you're going to Hall of Fame. So Bob said to me, look, you know, you're you've always wanted to make people happy, and instead of doing it to a whole city at the same time, you get to do it one business at a time. Which really, you know, and I and I've and I tried to view the, the effort of being in sales from that perspective, and it really did help, but it was it was too much, it was too much of an uphill climb trying to push this rock up a hill. The market I was in was completely picked over, as far as business to, was to be had, and it's just you know I was putting in thirty phone calls and thirty hours to make two hundred dollars in commission, Ooh. and that was kind of the average of what I was up against because I was working with a sales staff that was. Uh, 10 people of an average 20 year experience in the, in the Portland market where I was working. Mm. So these people were, I mean, they were good. So did they, did they give you a nickname? Like, did they call you Rudy, Rudy, Rudy? (laughs) (laughs) They didn't bother to learn my name. Proby, Proby. Yeah, Proby. No, actually the the, the sales staff, everybody at, at, and we're talking about channel two in Portland, KATU, where I spent about 10 and a half months Mm -hmm. giving it my best effort to make it in, in TV sales, advertisement, you know, commercial sales in television um and and everybody down there did everything they possibly could to help me get through this um but there just wasn't enough business opportunity down there for me to make it viable for my family mm. so all that all that happened while i was doing that i was also working as a consultant a media consultant for the local plumbers union and i've kind right. of told you about that story that too. worked out right it's it's that works out that's working out but it's, that's also a part-time job that doesn't it's not enough to keep you know, it's it's a small bucket, and the and the lifeboat is taking water. Okay. I can't get enough water out of the lifeboat with that little bucket to not sweat, not sink. But while I was doing that for the plumbers union, I was doing t- I was doing radio interviews to, about the the cause of affordable energy, which is what I was what I was doing for the plumbers union was getting that. While I did those interviews, I was on with Dory Monson of oh. Cairo. I did an interview with Dory, and the people at Cairo heard that, and then. Charlie Harger, the news director at the, the news radio station in Seattle, KIRO, 97.3. Um, Going to be hearing he those heard, calls a lot as yes, we schmooze them. He, he heard of the podcast of me, you know, throwing it out there that I, I got to find something to do. I got to find something that I can, can do that takes care of my family. And he reached out to Bob and said, give me Spike's contact information. I met with their program director um, about, you know, a month ago. We got along swimmingly. At the Brian is amazing, hour. by the way. I've met him yeah. a few times, and I think um, I, I think the world of him. He's I liked him right off the bat, and he he felt the same for me, I guess. 
um, and they asked me to come in and do some fill-ins mm-hmm. for the folks that were, you know, either on sick, on vacation, the holidays. I worked the Memorial Day holiday. Um, I worked two days of a Friday and then the following Monday of the Memorial Day holiday. And then I worked a week later, I worked a Thursday and Friday. And I worked every day this week from the 9 to 12 shift. And I'm working every day next week from the 9 to 12 shift. I've been hired as their full-time fill-in mm-hmm. for whoever is not available to do their shift at Cairo. Um, and it's I, it, I get to do a four-hour talk show about, again, and not yeah. just... And, you, and you know, I've been and listening. Like, and and uh, by the way, the first time I heard you, I was in the intensive care unit with eight <laughs> tubes coming in and out of me. Um, and I, I nothing, can take the, nothing can take the sting of chemo away and make that feel good more than, than listening to me on the radio. I'll tell you what. It warmed my heart and uh, warmed my oh, catheter, buddy. too. It really warmed the catheter. <laughs> um, I was pissing I, myself, I, I, except it yeah. was going right out the catheter. Um, That's so good. I've, I, they, they have, they've had me work with four different partners mm-hmm. in the seven shifts, eight shifts I've done so far. Man, so they're great, finding out, really. and I, and I have the ability to, you know, to c- converse with so many different hosts and different styles. Tomorrow I get to lead the show for the first time. Which oh wow, Friday not nine to twelve. Yeah, tomorrow on Cairo. And so or you're today, coming as we, you're coming up with the topics and introducing them. That's what leading a, a two yes. portion of the show is. Yes. By the way, I I, I have to apologize to you because I thought well. I didn't think that was you, but as I heard you do it a couple of days ago, I was like, oh, yeah, that is you. And you did this thing where you flubbed and you started making fun of yourself. And I went, that's so endearing. You can't go wrong. If you, <laughs> no, if you lead with your vulnerability and you genuinely are trying to be in service of people and entertain them and inform them, you know, I, I think. Well, I think the world of you. I think that you should be on 24 hours a day with every host. I, pre- I appreciate yeah. that. So that's the big um, news, folk, that Spike, yeah. great, man. who's Congratulations, been literally man. like a panhandler as you're getting on the highway on this show for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, completely. You know, those holding up the sign. Um, I have five children, and I am sick, and I would do anything with help, so God bless. God bless. Anyway, that's uh, that's really uh, good news. Now, I'm coming to you from a, from an adjustable hospital-type bed, by the way. And I don't like the way this microphone sounds, but I suppose I shouldn't sound be too great, big. man. You sure it sounds okay? You, you, yeah, yes, sound, absolutely. I, I never would have known you were in the prone position with a catheter up here. I never <laughs> yeah. would have known. No, the catheter came out pretty quickly. That was. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a shocker, though. By the way, it's like, oh, where's where's Ed with the slide whistle when we need him? Come yeah. on. I know we really need. It was like, oh, man. whose job is it to put that in? Um, oh man. Seriously. Oh, no, this is the thing that I started thinking about oh. medical people. I mean. There were some rough times, and there are these people who it's their job to be with you when you literally cannot even handle your basic bodily functions. Yeah. You're essentially a baby at that point, and in literally every sense of how you take care of a baby. And uh, I just, at, at one point, I said to one of the nurses, I don't know what they're paying you, but you deserve a raise. It's not enough. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> 
And I got you're a, not wrong. I got a slight chuckle and I'm like, hey, no, no worries. It's part of the job. So you know, okay, and, and, you, you yeah. told me that story not to get too graphic and and uh, oh, I too did much tell you detail. that story, yeah. But but with the constipation aspect of it, you told me about were there two guys that were called in to help you with that? Oh, this was the, when the I the way they described what you were going to be going. Well, was kind all of right. Do you want to hear funny. the story? It was sort of funny. <laughs> This was when I, so I, I, basically this treatment all just messed me up in every way possible. And I uh, early on had, uh, what do they call it? A, a, an obstruction oh, um, of the oh, small man. intestine, which I knew was serious. Um, and it was getting very painful. And I'm, I was going in for my first radiation treatment and they said, no, you're going to the ER. And then when I got to the ER, they were like, okay, we can't do anything for you. We got to get the surgery team in here. Because they thought they might have, if it burst, they'd have to operate on me. Right. And this guy comes in, uh, two guys. I called them Cheech and Chong because they were just like a comedy team. They weren't really Cheech and Chong. And Ed's not here to do that impression anyway. Spike, you could do it a little. but I don't know, man. So, <laughs> oh, man, just, just lube it up and cheat it in there, man. One of, them was a, um, one of them was the quiet one. And the other was like the, you know, the pitch man, the sales guy. And he goes, okay, he goes, okay, I, we looked at the case. We talked with the surgeons and you're, uh, you're going to really hate me. And I, oh, okay. Crazy. And he says, you need, and I've found out what it was since I barely heard him that you need an NG tube. And what that is, uh, you want me to tell the story? All right. That's for not good. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. Well, most of the time when someone has an NG tube, they get it when they're under sedation. Because I had one in surgery, too. And it's basically a tube that goes up your nose, uh. down through your throat, down through your stomach, and actually pumps out stuff that's backed up from your intestines that way. It takes the pressure off. Uh, and oh, oh yeah. this is brutal. And so anyway, this guy goes, I have to give it to you with no anesthesia, and um, oh. it's, it's going to be really horrible. And it was like, really, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy, he says. <laughs> and strangely, I liked him. I was like, thank you for the honesty. And he goes, okay, so here's what's going to happen. I'll put this up there. You're not going to really want to. It's going to have to relax. And I'm going to hold this bucket in front of you, and you, you could be puking, and you could be bleeding, and it's all good. It's all, no matter what you do, it's, you're doing a great job. And so he starts. Oh, my God. And I start, you know, I start, and I'm like, and there's blood, and, and uh, boy, I hope people are enjoying Dude. this first podcast back. Anyway, all this is happening, and I'm like, holy cow, this is like the worst. And he's looking at me, and he's going, you're doing great. You're doing fantastic. <laughs> I've never seen anybody shit, puke, and bleed together like you, Bob. And you're like a like a maestro conductor on shit, blood, and vomit. I can't believe it. Anyway, you're like Picasso of bodily fluids. He says, <laughs> lean forward a little and just relax your throat. And then, bloop, it went in. And he goes, it's in. And I was like, oh, it's in. And then it starts pumping this evil oh, stuff out of me. and But my throat it, it keeps wanting to close, so I'm like... Uh, I felt like I was choking, but I wasn't. And, and I'm like, how long? Like, how long is this going to be? Uh -huh. And he went, oh, you're going to hate me even more. A couple of days. And then he goes, what? Yeah. Oh, man. And because, because I had, you know, I was backed up. God, I hope nobody. Look, if, if this is bugging you, tune in for podcast number two next week. 
Yep, we're going to be talking about cactus planting. It's going to be great. <laughs> we'll talk about the, the exact, movie. Exact same procedure, ironically yeah. enough. No, we'll do the movie Top Gun. We'll do Amber Heard's latest. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, uh, Zip thought, when I told the story, he was just laughing, which made well, me feel good. Again, no, because, again, you, you took it with the right attitude. I mean, that, yeah. that's just yeah, man. unfathomable to... to you know, to find the humor in it. Let's well, it and it was way. humorous, and I was laughing, uh, but I was really, I mean, it, it was painful. And and so the, for two days, they're pumping uh, me, and then they're x-raying geez. every couple hours to see if anything's moving. And, the, and, and you know, the surgeons came in, and they go, uh, you don't want this surgery. And, and the guy had said to me before he put in, it's called an NG tube, before he put it in, he said, uh, you know, if we don't do this uh, and you burst, uh, it'll kill you. I was like, "Holy, you, you decide." You, and so the, all of this had nothing to do, even with the cancer. This was like, this was like, uh, you know, a side effect, a baptism by fire. And then I had C diff, which is a whole other uh, opposite oh thing. And then, and then I had the chemo and radiation. Dude. But during the but during all of this, this is the amazing thing. During all of this, we kept doing the podcast. And that's what's amazing about you guys, because you guys propped me up. When I was doing chemo and radiation, I would go, okay, Wednesday night or Thursday night, whichever. And, but we kept postponing it when I wasn't feeling well, by the way. It was like, technical difficulties. Um, <laughs> but I would always go, that was the thing I would look forward to every week. And, if, and it, all of you know somebody who's had chemo and radiation. And what it is, yeah. is progressively get, you get worse. And, um, and so as I was you know, starting to have a more difficult time with it. You guys kept propping up the show and making it funny. And I kept looking forward to that uh, recording. But I can now reveal uh, that in order to do it, um, I reached a point where I was trying to avoid pain medications because of, as Spike has mentioned, my, and Zip, you're familiar with this too, addictive mm -hmm. uh, tendencies. Finally, they said to me, you know, you need... You need the you know, oxycodone. You need this stuff because you need to relax. You need to feel good from it, and you need to eat. Where did you go for treatment? The Yeehaw Clinic in West Virginia. Um, it was pushing oxycodone so hard on you. Uh, no, it was really no. Um, seriously, I was avoiding it too much. I waited too long. Yeah. Okay. I was telling them, no, nah, I don't really want to do that stuff, and I hate it. And of course, it also um, causes um, constipation. Welcome to the shitty club, folks. And, <laughs> oh, man. and so I was, you know, I have real reasons. And so anyway, finally they said do it. And so for the last few weeks, I would take it one hour before the podcast so that I would be a little more, because it, it has the weird, it's a sedative, but, it, but when you're on chemo, it actually allows you to wake up a little bit. It's very strange. I guess maybe it's different for everybody. But uh, anyway, the last couple of ones, I was just having a difficulty. And wow. you guys were, you guys were awesome. And then, you know, then surgery. And um, that was actually not as bad as I thought it would be, although for many people it's the worst thing. And so here we are, you know. Can we talk about Top Gun? <laughs> Did you see it? <laughs> I saw it this, I, this afternoon. I said, I have, saw it. I have no oh, culture. Oh, you saw it this afternoon? I saw it this afternoon because I said, I'm doing a podcast tonight. And I have no cultural experiences in common with anybody. What am I going to talk about? Which laxatives to take when you're trying to balance out the effects of 
And so, so, I, so I said, I, I gotta go, let's go see this movie. And I said to Lisa, the reviews are incredible. Keith said it's a phenomenal movie. And so, and it's, we're in Henderson, Nevada, and it's 107 degrees. And I said, let's go to an air-conditioned movie theater. And uh, we found the coolest theater, you know, the, the theaters with the bar, built-in bar and the seats and the tables. And, you know, they, they really got to really do a lot to get you away from Netflix these days to go to a movie theater. Yeah. Yeah. Come get infected in beautiful comfort here. So uh, we went and um, I don't want to give too much away, but Tom Cruise flies. <laughs> okay, we kind of, kind of had that uh, yeah, covered. Uh, you know, the from Top Gun, and and um, uh, it was so well. Have you uh, either of you seen it? I have not. Spike? I haven't either. No. I want to remember Tom Cruise like he was when he was a beautiful young man. I don't want to see him. I, oh. I just want to. I just want to remember him the way he was, man. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm watching this and I'm going, damn, he looks good. And I said to Lisa, um, let's, let's Google it. How old do you think he is? And uh, she said 56, and I said 54. And I'm like, nobody in their 50s has jet black hair like that. And teeth so white that they blind the enemy while he's taking them out. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I looked it up. How old do you think Tom Cruise is? Um, I think he's 60. Um, he would I'd say mid fifties. Uh, Lisa said fifty six. I said fifty four. Spike, you win. <clears throat> he will be wow. sixty years old on July third. Yeah. How much do you think it's he's good worth? Scientology by? living, man. Uh, yeah, man. We'll get back to Scientology in just one moment. But um, yes, he looked, and I looked at Lisa and I went, "God damn, cool plastic surgery, like jet black hair." Those teeth gotta be, uh, that's gotta be an app. You know, I've seen apps that will make your teeth do that <laughs> on the phone. It's My granddaughters filter. have those little apps that'll give you a puppy yeah. nose and some floppy ears and those teeth. I gotta give him props though for the stunts he's done. He is crazed some oh. of the shit he's pulled yeah, off on, yeah. on film. Insanity, really. Yeah. I mean, I know he's got safety harnesses and stuff like that, but it, that takes some cojones. Well,. Some of those stunts I read, he did not do. They superimposed his face in with the same app that my grandchildren used to look like a puppy. Um, <laughs> I mean, if they could put a dinosaur walking down Main Street, they could put Tom Cruise into a cockpit of an F. That yeah, one yeah. where he's ha hanging on yeah. that plane, a takeoff. Now that that one's real. That was yeah. Him. There are some real ones. I, I yeah. saw that too. There's. I can't believe the studios let him do some of the things he wants to do in the way with so, stunts. Um. All right. That's my next question for you. How much do you think his net worth is? And of course, this is just from Celebrity Network, so it could be accurate or it could be off. Hundreds of millions, if not billion. I, I would think upwards of more than a half a billion dollars. God, it's like Spike. It's like you researched all of this. I, I didn't. Six hundred million. Yeah, is yeah, what they that's say. That's what I would guess. Well, the guy's smart, and he's probably gets a share of some back end on everything he does. Yes. And no. to, to answer your question, why they let him do it is when some $600 million guy tells you, I want to do this, <laughs> you say yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> we'll find a way. Yeah. Yes. So the movie, uh, the movie uh, does a brilliant job of being a sequel of a 30-year-old movie and totally connects the story of the first movie 
it um it's technically a marvel but i have to and by the way i I went in there wanting to dislike it like wanting to go it's too formulaic wanting to go it's tom cruise it's too rah-rah america america yeah and i wanted to um you know i wanted to think it was too cheesy and by the way it was all those things and it still made me cry really yes is that the onion vision they pump into the studio? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But it turns out I love cheese. Um, <laughs> there was something Isn't... about uh, it was such a emotional thrill ride, and it's just so brilliantly done. Every actor, every piece, even though you would know, like you it's like a mission impossible or a james bond movie in the beginning of the james bond movie it looks like james bond's gonna die and i would lean over to lisa and go he's not gonna die haven't even done the title yet How can that's they right. Two it's minutes? So, right it's right it's so early in the movie he's not gonna die um and this had that those kinds of things that you would yeah. have in a mission impossible or james bond but you didn't care i mean it was so brilliantly playing on your emotions uh, that every part of it, and and of course it's a blockbuster. It's a huge hit, and uh, and here here is one of the highest paid actors of all time, riding high, and you know, he's got Lady Gaga singing uh, the closing song, and there was one song in there, Spike, that you sang with the original artist. Slow ride, slow ride. Is it really? It's really like you Is said. Is it really? Before. By the way, since you're on Cairo, you've become quite a hot shit. <laughs> I really got I got to know what I'm talking about, man. No, no shoot, Slow Ride's in there? Lonesome Dave Peverell is singing yeah. Slow Ride. Yeah. And I'm sitting in there because, by the way, one of the biggest celebrations in my life now is my happiness that you're on the radio. I, I, I oh, have no buddy. idea how much that means to me. Um, and well, I'll try not to say fuck tomorrow and blow it up. <laughs> I'll try really hard. I do, by the way, side side note, I did see that you got bleeped once. On First time out, man. First yeah. day. You got bleeped. Yeah, I went to the Women's March, 200,000 women, me and my pussy hat. I see the producer just go ghost white and hit the dump button. <laughs> I can't say pussy hat? Wow. Oh, my, my pointy blonde hat with the points on each side. My, my, my pink hat. That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was... It was uh, oh, my God. And I, I get it. it. So they have a six-second... By the way, yeah, oh, they yeah. Did. And yeah. if I was him, I would have dumped you, too, only because you're brand new. Yeah. No, no, I should have known yeah. better, man. You, Come you, on. you have no leverage yet. Once you have huge ratings, you know, it's a different yeah, uh, story. Well. But when you're new, you got to go, just in case there's a sponsor listening who doesn't get that reference... Right. You gotta be, and you know, this hour we, brought to you by PussyHats.com. PussyHats. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I started to be crapping all over the podcast no, here. Um, but I got to tell you, in sidebar, we ran the uh, we ran an hour unedited of the uh, the January six hearings today. Oh. And they ran some actualities of some uh, of some true patriots dropping f bombs in the halls of Congress. Man, oh. you should have seen the dump button kid at Cairo today. Was he doing? Oh. Was he hitting it? Oh yeah, man, was he trying to hit them dump buttons? Oh yeah. It's a weird thing about um, those kinds of... Uh, it's funny, because every time I see Bill Barr on an evening news, and they go, yeah, I told him it was bullshit. Yeah. And, and I would go... And here I'm watching... Um, there was a preview for a kid's movie today. as a cartoon uh, as I'm getting ready for Top Gun. 
and uh, and there in this kids movie, they use uh, one of the cartoons is trying to do an expletive, and he goes, "That's the mother father worst thing I've ever heard," and I'm like. <laughs> Mother in a kid's Robin? movie, have you ever oh. heard that? I've seen that no. in a couple of kids' movies. And, and just like we used to say bull shrimp on the radio. Yeah. yeah. And in kids' movies, it's mother, father, this, mother, father, that. And I, and I thought, it's really just a few 90-year-olds left who, at the FCC who think that, you know, <laughs> who are oblivious to the fact that there's an internet. It's those two guys from the balcony, the Muppet Show. Yeah. I can't believe you're going to say F-bombs. It's just That's the only reason I come to work. So um, uh, so the movie, uh, I give it, uh, you know, two thumbs up. Um, and um, I can only tell you that there's very little that makes me well up. It happens in movies. Uh, yeah. Uh, it happened in, uh, you know, that uh, Star Wars movie where... Um, the ghost of Anakin appears next to them as they're at the end of the movie. You know which one I'm talking about. Yeah, and I, I heard they did that in Top Gun too, right? They had the Goose Baca, the ghost of uh, Anthony Edwards' Goose character came on and said, "Use the shoot, Luke." No, sorry, <laughs> sorry. It's as if you studied for the test. It's really amazing. So, now, um, now, well, I, and, I, and I haven't heard a bad review from anybody. For the new Top Gun Maverick. No, it's just it's, not not anybody gave it a bad yeah, review. Yeah, it's like ET. It's like you know, it's just you can't go out of it and go in, and say that sucks. You just can't. Well, um, they're heralding that as the you know the big return to the theater that's going to turn things around. People will leave their homes to, you know. You know, I um, I have to say, I went a matinee, so there'd be hardly anybody there, and I wore a mask until I was seated, you know, yeah. far away from anybody, but. I enjoyed breathing the theater air again. I couldn't eat the Does popcorn. it need to be seen in one of those ultimate 97 surround speaker type theaters? Um, that's a good question. No, I, I think you should watch it on your watch. No, no. <laughs> Does it have to be in a super theater? That's what I'm saying. No, you should watch it on your iWatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it depends on you. Uh, I, I think yes for me. Um. Yeah some, yeah, some movies deserve a big screen experience. I mean, they the, really do. You know, the sound is literally state of the art, most impactful emotional sound you can possibly do. But this is a good segue to the only other topic I had for tonight, which is sound. Is it you? You bring up the whole idea that does this enriched experience make a difference in your lives? Enough so that you care. Well, it's up to you. But um, I want to make fun of my son's car a little bit. Even <laughs> I though I, I know where you're going now, with this. Well, yeah. th this depends on which son. Because I bet one of your sons has the best car money can buy, and the other son has a car being held together with duct tape and coat hangers. No. Um, actually, they both... Um, I know, the, I know. I make fun of, of Andrew being a struggling yeah, being, uh, but he's doing fine. He's doing okay, and his car is a Prius. Okay. So, uh, and it's a relatively, it's not super new, but it's a it's a great 60-mile-an-hour car, which for a comedian is great. It's great uh, no, choice. it's Keith, and, yeah. and, 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 and it is a very fancy electric vehicle, and I'm all for the electric vehicles. Uh, if, you, if you remember, I may have told this story on the podcast, how I got my Tesla. 
was that Keith, who's a big-time television producer, I mean, he's doing work for Fortune 500 companies, making movies. Um, You know, the list of companies he did ads for includes McDonald's, Taco Bell, um, Microsoft, Amazon. You just name the Fortune 500 companies. Anyway... So, this is before I make fun of his car. You notice how I'm schmoozing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, listening. Yeah. Um, so, he had ordered the Tesla Model Y because he's in California. And if you, um, you know, if, if you want to be um, socially conscious and cool, uh, they're, they're, it feels to me like 20% of the cars on the road there are Teslas. And it's probably an exaggeration, but it's not that much of one. And so he ordered the Model Y like a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And he was waiting for it to come. And then he called me around Christmas time and said, Hey, would you be interested in my Model Y if I don't want it? I said, I would have to ask your mother. <laughs> I can't make a decision like that. <laughs> Uh, we have to ask the uh, CFO, the person who controls the checkbook. Yeah. And I, but I, I like, I went. Well, let's ask her. And he said, I said, why? Why don't you want it? You've been waiting on it for like six, eight months. He said, well, he said, the Model Y is getting so common in Los Angeles. <laughs> it's like having a Toyota Corolla. And by the way. <laughs> The number one selling car is a Corolla. Number two is a Model Y. He was not exaggerating in California. And so, uh, long story short, Lisa, because he had bought it at a discount before the price rise, when Lisa heard the word discount, she had a weak moment and said, I could get it. (laughs) Boy, well done. (laughs) I didn't have anything to do. It was him. Uh, So anyway, he bought a different electric vehicle. And yeah, I'll be bragging on my son a little bit because it's it's pretty cool. It's a fancy car, and there was a time I had a sports car phase. Um, it was a Porsche Taycan that he purchased. It's an electric vehicle. It's a sports car. It's low to the ground. Like people like me, we don't have knees that can get down there anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but boy, is it cool! Super cool. And while I was out there, I got a chance to uh, not spin it. Take it for a spin, but not spin it. And um, I I loved it. I I, I couldn't believe it. And then I asked him about the base price and the extras because I said, you know, if your mom wanted one of these, she could have one. She won't, but it's nice of me to offer, right? And he started talking about the options, and one of the options is the sound of a motor. <laughs> there is no... The, the, well, there are, I'm sorry. There are engines in cars, and they're like refrigerator motors, electric motors. They're not... They don't make a sound like an engine, you know. Right, like right, an, right. Uh, like a... Internal, internal combustion, combustion makes... Yeah. yeah there's a ramble. Like an rumble. ice engine. So a lot of people who... Especially Porsche lovers... It's Porsche, right? Yes, Porsche. Two, yeah. two, two-syllable word. If I say Porsche, I'm clearly, um, you know, no idea what I'm talking about. So I can't remember how much he said it was, but it was a significant amount of money. It might have been five grand for the sound effect. For the effect sound? Of a tell, mo- tell him, 
Tell him for thirty five hundred. A engine. Hold on. Then. Tell him for thirty five hundred. I'll sit behind him forever and go. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. These were my thoughts too, and um, and I thought really, and and then I drove it. He basically for one day he I he was busy on a job, and he said, "You take the car," and I and I thought oh, I don't know I I, I might. And, and he knew I'd be paranoid and drive like a grandpa. So, so Flasher's I, on 37 miles an hour. I have to have a special pillow to sleep somewhere, by the way. I have to sleep in an incline after my surgery. So I literally had to go to a bed, bath, and beyond in the coolest car ever. And, um, you know, I set the GPS and I, and I get going. And I realized by the time I got to the bed, bath, and beyond parking lot, holy shit. Sound effects are important because I started to think, I'm loving this car. What am I loving about it? And I realized the sound played a huge part in it. So when Zip asked, yeah. do you need to see Top Gun in some big theater with Dolby Atmos surround and the room shakes? Well, in this car, the sound is kind of subtle. It's like a... And then when you do different things, it's, it's, it, it feels like the car. And I realized that the attitude you had, Spike, which was like, really? I'll sit there and go, bzz, bzz, bzz. Let's, put <laughs> some, <laughs> let's put some baseball cards on the spokes of your yeah, bicycle wheel. Yeah, there you go. yeah so, exactly. But I realized, oh, that's wrong thinking. Now, I want you to imagine going to see the first Star Wars movie. And Chewbacca gets in the spaceship and they blast through space. Do you know what sounds there are in space? None. Um, no, sound. none. Well, no. And space pe- sounds like people, a Tesla. Space people sound. can't hear you scream. That was That's the whole right. thing, right? Space <laughs> sounds like... Now, imagine the Star Wars movie if they were true to how it should really be and they were attacking the Death Star in total silence. <laughs> uh, Instead of... Right. Instead yeah. of that, it was just across the screen. <laughs> yeah. Zip, would you have the same emotion? Yeah. Oh, I, I was just making the reference of, of 9 million speakers as opposed to a decent system in a decent theater. That's all. Okay. That now imagine Star Wars coming through a little transistor radio or a few <laughs> earbuds. <laughs> the answer is the same. It's amazing okay. how much psychological effect just sound has on you. And uh, I'll tell you, one of the reasons almost none of us appreciate that all this stuff from Star Trek came true, like the doors that go... Remember in Star Trek, the doors didn't just open like they do at the local grocery store. The grocery store, they just open. Uh, I'm sorry, folks. It's time for them to go... (laughs) They need to put the speakers in, right? You bet. Yeah. In fact, all the cool things in our lives could be embellished by sound. My garage door. Okay, it still sort of goes... But they could make it cooler. You know, that so brings up the... One of the things that gets me about the Oscars is they, you know, they do award for sound design and things like that, yeah, but yeah. they very yeah. rarely publicize it. It's always, oh, by the way, earlier before the broadcast, uh, these guys won these awards. Right, at the at the uh, Bingo Annex Hall on <laughs> East 57th, yeah. we held the awards for best sound design, best costume seamstry, and yeah. It's yeah. unfortunate, because that's r- true art, really. 
So it was, um, yeah, it was that car that uh, sort of humbled me about my, uh, what, what do you call that when you think, well, what a waste of money, so making some sound. And, then, and I thought, jeez, oh, I couldn't imagine buying that car without that. Hmm. Just that, that, it quiet. enriches the experience. It makes it worth worthwhile. It fulfills exactly. it. Exactly. So I, when, it's funny because you, you talked about the Top Gun movie having Lonesome Dave and Foghat doing Slow Ride mm-hmm. and, you know, and Lady Gaga singing along with uh, the movie. Did you hear what Spielberg said about John Williams? No. You know who John Williams is? Of course, of course you do. Oh, right? yeah. He's, He's yeah. the he's the guy who wrote the dun, 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 and he wrote he okay. wrote everything. A famous film composer. Yes, exactly. Uh, Steven Sp- they they honored John Williams at his I think it was his ninetieth birthday. The guy's still wow. around, by the way. The American Film Institute honors. Uh, I'm, I, got, I brought it up. American Film Institute was honoring John Williams on his ninetieth birthday for his lifetime worth of accomplishments. And Spielberg comes came, comes on stage to present the uh, a special award. It says, "Without John Williams, bikes don't fly." nor do brooms and Quidditch matches, wow. nor, nor do men in red capes. There is no force. Dinosaurs do not walk the earth. Yes. We do not wonder. We do not weep. We do not believe without wow. John Williams. Wow. Very nice. Oh. Yeah. That is so, yeah. And even Superman. I mean. Right. Everything. Think, remember the original happen. Superman and Lois Lane? Remember that sound when he would take off? That wind tunnel uh, sound? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. It was just a big wind machine. Yeah. That's all they did. <laughs> right. You know. It was the weirdest sound. I mean, think back on it. It's primitive. It's like they used to use pie plates as flying saucers in Star Trek. But and tri- <laughs> what a and, string, yeah. Yeah, and tribbles were just, you know, these little Muppet things. that Throw um, pillows, man. But they made a sound, right? <laughs> yes. Whatever the, that weird yeah. sound is to me. If, if you were, like, really flying on the expressway, like 110, would the engine, the artificial noise, represent you... Um, you know, were you aware that it would it make you aware you were on this particular car? I will tell you that it was subtle enough as to not be intrusive in, in any way at all. And then uh, it, it was just at, it was mixed just right. It was at the level where you're not actively aware it's there, but if it was gone, you'd miss it. Hmm. It was really it was it was very movie soundtracky, and uh, yeah, and, and and they said it was a safety feature so that people could hear the car that was like we're making the car better by alerting the you know blind pedestrian who's trying to cross the road with the cane right right. they 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 put the sound in there to not kill people yeah as if that really actually had saved anybody who's blind with a cane walking a crosswalk that shouldn't be there anyway but uh fascinating stuff all right You must be beat. I'm a little, but what are uh, what else am I missing? Oh, there's the January 6th hearings. Uh, I have a theory about them, but I'd rather have someone else uh, punch that one first, and then I'll come in. Who's got a theory about the January 6th? Let's go to the man from Cairo. Yeah, the guy well, from Cairo. Yeah, you know it's 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 funny. I I I was taught a lesson in empathy today, watching this this hearing because today. First off, when they started last week, um, this was, today was the third, and I apologize for the time references I keep making. I know we don't get to play this in real time to the audience. Who, sure, they'll who start listening Friday and listen yeah. for a week or two, but go ahead. Yeah, um, so when the third um, installment of, or season three. The good thing or, about talking about uh, Top Gun is it comes yeah. back every 30 years, right, so you right. can never be able to take <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, um, I know they were like, there were six different uh, hearings that they had scheduled in prime time. 
And I'm not sure if number three is uh, Revenge of the Sith or A New Hope. I can't tell which one of these episodes we're on right now. Right. Um, but um, after the first one, I'm like, I hope that they go in. The first one seemed too long. Um, and we're, we're critiquing it like on Cairo, being the host I was working with that day, are critiquing it like an enter, an entertainment show, like well, a, it is. a movie. Oh, it's I, not well, like I one. Said exactly, That's exactly what it is. I, yeah. Right. I said they have to tell a story to America. They have to get America to buy in and care about the story they're trying to tell. And, today, and much like Top Gun, it's a story that's... A lot of people think it's already 30, been told. Right. <laughs> right, and that's the thing. And people are like, you know, hey, it's who cares anymore? Right. America needs to move on from this, blah, 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 blah. Well, today, in, in, in episode three, A No Hope, um, I thought they brought the hammer down on, I, I don't know how anybody, I, I can't see how anybody can defend the actions of the Trump administration. And it wasn't just Donald Trump. Maybe his administration isn't a fair way to describe them, but his inner circle, as people like to say, um, of who was advising him and counseling him uh, on what on how to proceed with his plan to ignore the will of American voters. And today they brought all the receipts and they had the most trusted and respected Republicans are the ones they have telling the story. Which is that's, key. That's, will it be is key to my commentary, by the way. Right. Other, otherwise, it's like, who cares? The, 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 the third of America who believes everything this guy sells them, Trump, that is, every, believes everything he, every carnival he barks in front of, they're buying, you know, the, the, oh, Pelosi said this, and Schumer said that, and shifty, shifty, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But now they've got, like, the most respected Republican judge of all time yeah, saying that this guy, I told this guy. Anyway, my moment of empathy was I leave the studio after the show, and I'm just a foot off the ground because I get to talk on the radio about, and people actually get to let me say exactly what the hell I think and feel about stuff. They are letting you. That's amazing, uh, you by know, the way. I, I would I, never would. I know. Well, because you're smart. <laughs> Apparently, you were the smartest guy I ever met in that regard. But so I walk out in the lobby, and and I, and I see the receptionist who I've met every day now for seven straight days or seven straight, you know, yeah, yeah. work days. And she's, you know, we're getting a little bit of rapport. And I said, "Wow, you know, but think today, boy, I call it time of death for Trump's political career. You know, ten twenty-seven Pacific time this morning." You know, and she's like, well, "Well, we'll see. I guess we really won't know. You know, there, there's still so much to do." And I'm thinking, myself, "Oh my God." She's a Trump supporter. Wow. Oh, you can see that. Yeah. Oh, just from her. Well, you know, it's not over yet. We never, you never know what, you know, um, and I'm thinking, and I, so I start back, but I'm, well, yeah, I guess there's still not everything's been told and, 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 and change the subject, blah, 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 blah. But it, you know, there are people who will be broken hearted by well, the findings and, of this. And committee. I think what you're saying is key. So there's two things about what you said. Uh, one is respected Republicans are going on the record. Two is everybody has to be deferential to all of the people who are in their base that they cannot afford to lose. Mm -hmm. So what I believe is happening, and by the way, I don't think, I, I don't like politics. I don't like liberal politics or conservative politics. I simply don't like politics because it's not about education and honesty. It's about corralling people uh, to get them to vote a certain way to put you in power. Now, there may be some people in power who have some good intentions. I, you only know after the fact how well they did or didn't do on certain things. Uh, but the general, the whole political system is, to me, um, you know, the same thing that is used. It's just to convince people, the same efforts to convince people to smoke which cigarettes are better or healthier for you. Yeah. yeah. Four out of five doctors choose camels. <laughs> right. Sure. Uh, that's how honest politics is to me. But what I do believe 
Republicans have in common with Democrats right now is the idea of electing a 78-year-old president, period, is not the direction anybody wants to go. So I believe that by tacitly not engaging, and, and they'll, you know, people like uh, Mitch will say it's a political sideshow or whatever. Um, it's all for political purpose. I, I love when someone whose job is to play <laughs> politics for political gain accuses the other side of playing politics for right, political right, gain. Right, right, right. I, I want to. I don't know why no host ever goes. So, are you saying you're against playing politics, Mister Politician? Right. Why doesn't anybody ever shake these people like a? <laughs> I mean, it just. I, I literally, it's unwatchable for me because I go, "How stupid are we?" And the answer is. Oh. Pretty fucking stupid on no, both we sides. Don't, we don't know yet, Bob. We haven't hit bottom yet. That's well, the beauty of it. Anyway, but I do believe that the divisiveness is not... It, look, Wall Street and politicians like predictability and stability. And I do believe that amongst the adults on all sides of the aisle, first of all, there's plenty of people that want their shot at being president, Republican or Democrat. Um, there is this idea that, hey, having octogenarians, probably not great. I mean, have you guys heard of the Internet and seen that the, the world's changing really quickly? Do you want some guy who barely got indoor plumbing when he was a kid to be in charge? <laughs> and so, uh, so I honestly think that um, the Republican side is letting Trump go and letting him. They want him... Just like the uh, rising the uh, raising the interest rates to try and stop inflation without causing a recession, they want to raise the interest in not having him president just enough to not cause a recession in their base numbers and their ability to win an election. Does that make that's sense? Good, a good analogy. Yeah, yeah yes, it, it does. Yeah. And and that's just my theory from being on an outside, and I haven't been in any secret meetings. Uh, but um, it makes me feel better only because, uh, and I don't like politics, but I, I'd like to see the country less divided. I'd like to have you not fear that you've just said something in front of someone who might hold really deep political convictions that would even involve hanging Mike Pence. I mean, it shouldn't even be in our lexicon to think about such a thing. And, t and today, t t you know, today they brought... It wasn't just, you know, people chanting, hang Mike Pence in the hallways. You know, they today they brought even more documented, you know, members of the Proud Boys or whatever. Yeah. Saying, yeah. yeah, we had the intention of finding these people and we were going to kill them. Yeah. They, they've got they, somebody who turned witness for, you know, the prosecution and said, yeah, that yeah. was our intent. Now, you do also realize, please be re, re, please realize and be reasonable to understand this, that the people who really need to see or hear any of this. Yeah. We'll yeah, never see yeah. or hear any of this. The, well, the, the, and somebody else brought that up to me today, too, and, and you're totally right. But there's, there's a baseball analogy I want to give you, and it comes from the West Wing, which I've all, all prosperous life. Another, comes from another the West Wing. total liberal echo chamber. Go ahead, Spike. <laughs> but, it, but, but, it's got nothing, but it's got nothing to do with politics. Oh, it's of course. Base, it's just the it's West a Wing. Base, it's a, but it's a baseball analogy that was, okay. that was used in, the, in one episode of the West Wing. And it was actually Sam Seaborn, which is Rob Lowe's character. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't heard Rob, Rob Lowe's book yet or his, his memoir, Stories I'd Tell My Friends, ah. um, you should do yourself a favor and either read it or listen to him, listen to him read it. It's, it's phenomenal. The man's an amazing, he's in an amazing life and career. But in, in the West Wing, he says, there are 162 baseball games in a season. 
Every team is going to win 54 games. Every team is going to lose 54 games. It's what you do with those other 54 games mm. that makes all the difference. And, that, and that's, that's a fact. I mean, there's no arguing that statement. Every team's going to win 54. Every team's going to lose 54. It's those other 54, what you do with those, that makes all the difference. In other words, and, the, it's the middle. It's the ones yes, that could go either that's, way. Yeah. That's who they're playing this to. That's You're right. right. They're not going to get anybody who's a true believer. Nobody's going to change their mind. Nobody's going to believe that this is a valid right, right. Uh, you know, hearing and that this is an unbiased or you know, fair. Even well, everybody's playing procedure. politics. I, I wish the people would answer that question by go, well, yes, I'm playing politics. Aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what we're here for. <laughs> that is our job, right? Uh, yeah. Do you want to not do your job? Uh, so let's say we're both playing politics now. Let's have an argument about what's actually true or not. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a hamster wheel that I don't want to get on. So, uh, but I'm glad. Uh, and by the way, you, you're, I mean, you carry the most weight now. You're a working talk show host on the air. On the, on the most uh, respected news station in the Northwest. That's right. And one of the most respected in the country, by the way. Wow. I, you know, and I'm glad you say those things because it, it still hasn't dawned on me what they're allowing me to do here. You know, the, the, the opportunity they're giving me. And, and I'll share this with you really quickly, and I won't, I won't blow my own horn anymore because my neck's getting kind of sore from God, blowing God, I wish horn. Ed was here to blow your horn for you. But <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I, we did a break today, and I had confessed something to my co-host and producer in the pre-show meeting. I'd kind of, I'd kind of, you know, told a very personal story and, and it was relevant to a, uh, a story we were doing on the air here in Seattle during pride month, somebody in the community, in a neighboring community called Burien, Bob, you know exactly where it is down sure, south sure. of the city. Somebody went and like ripped like three dozen pride flags off local f- businesses and, and civic flagpoles, ripped off pride rainbow flags and burned them. Mm. And that was the story we were doing. And it, and, and it, and I just was getting steamed during the pre-show. And I showed him, you know, and Bob, you know this, my, I've got a, an 18 year old daughter who's discovering who she is mm-hmm. and she, she may decide that she is gay. I don't know. Um, she's certainly trying on the outfits as at the stage of her sure. life. Sure. Um, and I showed them my daughter's prom picture of her and her date, um, two very lovely young ladies. And I showed these guys the picture and we're doing the story and the co-host G, G Scott said, the host of the show, I should say it's the G and Ursula show is where I've been sitting in. Yeah. He says, you know, Spike, you, you talked to us in the pre-show meeting as we always do, and you, you shared something, and you don't have to because it was very personal. But if you, would you be willing to share it now? And I told the same story. I told oh, wow. the, the audience. I told the audience why this mattered so much to me. Sure, sure. And why why it, it, it why it was well, really a harpoon. Uh, uh, some famous heart. Republican politicians have gay daughters. I mean, so hey, it Liz Cheney's got it. Yeah, Liz Cheney. There you go. Yeah, it should matter exactly. to everybody. Yeah, it should. Well, anyway, I I I I went on like a ten minute seven, eight minute, you know, just confession, a, 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 an emotional vomit of how I, how this, how I feel about this story. Did you vomit off the air or on the air? <laughs> verbal vomit, <laughs> verbal vomit. On the air. Okay. So we do this, we do this break, you know, right before the, the we break, because we, we played an hour of the hearing after that. And that was, sure. we didn't do any radio. Um, and after the break was over, um, you know, my co-host and, and the producer both like, man, that was, that was really well done. I appreciate that you were willing to throw that out there for the audience. And the text line blew up with people who were just, man, that was amazing. Thank you so much for being so honest and sharing so much, blah, 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 blah. My co-host, you know, he left the room for, you know, they went and did his stuff while we took a break. After the show, I go in and sit with the program director, Brian. Um, and he said, man, I got to tell you something. During the show today, G. Scott came into my office. And I'm like, oh, okay. He said, no, man. He said to me, you know, 
bringing Spike in as a fill-in was the best thing you've ever done for this radio station. Holy cow. Yeah. I love how we were, by the way, could you give some sound effects to blowing your own horn? Because remember, (laughs) we talked about how important sound effects are. And without Ed Kelly... I know. Yeah, where's that yeah. slide Without whistle Ed when I Kelly here? There's, I, I feel like we're watching Star Wars attack the yeah. Death Star with a completely yeah. silent screen. It, it's 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 making your point over and over and over again. It really oh, is. Man. All right. Yeah, but I That's mean, I, a, a foot off the ground. Man. God bless. That's very cool. I'm, we're so happy for you because that was the last podcast. Was you needed to be back on the radio and your idiot friends saying, "Well, there's probably nothing out there." And well, you, you weren't wrong, man, but, well, these, but these, these are rare, rare, and that's one thing I've learned in the last five years. These opportunities are golden, and I wish I'd known that when we were still together doing radio. I would have worked harder for you. I really would have, man. It's funny you say that. All right, you two. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? I'm like, I wish I had the the now you back then. No. <laughs> I, 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 hey, man, you, you, you I've... You know, I had never faced adversity working with you, Bob. I can honestly say that. You, you, you provided us such an, a, an, uh, such an environment to, to grow and create that we never really got farked until uh, we never got mother-fathered yeah. until, <laughs> until, until you were gone. Well, what's neat here is that's, that's humble of you and that's a part of it. But the other part is simply that you've done the work to study, learn, grow, You've uh, got strong positions. I, I have to say another thing uh, that has humbled me. Uh, Facebook turned out to be good for you. All those debating and arguments you had with people on Facebook. <laughs> I was telling you it was a complete waste of time, right. but you were sharpening your skills. And, thanks, um, thanks. yeah. And it's not really, you were absolutely, you're, you're selling yourself short with our show. You were the genius that I was uh, riding your coattails. But... Uh, but now you have, you know, as we've all uh, done a bit, you've grown uh, and matured. And um, you now in a room, when I hear you on the radio, you hear everyone's point of view and you put yourself in as a team member, um, supportive of, of everybody. Uh, before you were kind of a loose cannon on your own, and it was an enjoyable cannon, by the way, nothing like fireworks. Yeah. And sound effects. <laughs> um, but no, you have really, uh, and I'm so happy for radio that you're there because they need you. Dude, so thanks. On that note, just as we ended our last podcast with Spike's, you know, hoping he didn't jump out, I hope he only lived in a one-story building because he was sounding <laughs> yeah. really bummed out. Uh, but anyway, well, that's, that's the big thing. So tune in whenever Spike is on uh, Cairo 97.3, Cairo FM, a great talk station. Okay. Uh, any and, last... uh, welcome, welcome back. Bob. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. and yeah, for those of man. you uh, who were sitting through all that cancer stuff, I'm sorry I had to talk about that, but these guys, <laughs> they wanted it's to talk. Real. About. It's no, real. No, man. Yeah. You know, you know seriously, buddy, I am so glad you are the you fought the fight you're fighting. I am so yeah. glad you're fighting this fight. By the way, my son may be slightly sexually confused. I'll let you guess which one, and maybe maybe I'll have that to talk about. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. No, Andrew, I. Uh, I, I want to get Andrew back on the podcast maybe next week. Um, he's he's killing it on the road. He's doing a great job. I still, you know, I still wish there was a Mrs. Andrew Rivers. Or <laughs> Careful what you wish for, buddy. Or even a Mr. Andrew Rivers' yeah. spouse. I don't know. Uh, anyway, we'll talk with him when we get back. And I, I think Ed Kelly got, uh, you know, probably took a Somonix a little too early tonight. <laughs> 
Um, he'll be on. You said, he was, you said he was taping the show, right? He tapes his uh, Mitch Album show. Remember the guy who did the oh. Tuesdays with Maury book? Yeah, yeah. Of, of course I know Mitch Album. Yeah, yeah. He's I on, thought he was. I thought he was taping RuPaul's Drag Race and just got caught up in it. So I didn't All right, folks. Thanks for listening. I hope this was okay. Uh, by next week, I should have the studio sounding a little better. Uh, I just threw this all together on the bed tonight, so because I just missed having the conversation, and it's great to be back. And yeah, I'm fine. I now join the ranks of those who, you know, have to be checked once in a while. And I had had a wonderful surgeon and uh, a little bit of a rough go there, but um, it's all fine and it's worth it. Uh, if you ever have to face this, you know, for the ones you love um, and for you, you know, I'm enjoying myself. So uh, Good. thanks for all the support and all the people, some of whom I had time to respond to, some of whom I didn't. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can always help uh, support the podcast and uh, uh, go to uh, patreon.com slash Bob Rivers if you want to throw a little something in the tip jar every month uh, to our Patreon supporters who stuck through it while I was just blogging. Thank you. And to everyone else, if you want to read about any of this, if you missed it, go to bobrivers.blog. The Bob and Zip Show. seen those politicians chasing all the skirts and for all those two-faced piggies little brain comes first it's always on alert to stray around with have you seen the secret kitties popping up in spurts Dug up by the paparazzis doing noble work There's lots of righteous jerks to dig up dirt on Thoughtless men with morals lacking They don't care if they sleep around Instead of stepping out and shagging Time.